I'm Michael. I'm a small business owner. I'm an investor. I'm a work in process improv artist. I'm a bit manic and I'm always looking for something new and interesting to entertain me. I'm a TV host and I'm your host right now for what we call the Second Scene Podcast. It's a Dweebs Global production where you get free resume help, mental health assistance, and so much more. There's no catch and we're completely confidential. So please contact us at dweebsglobal.org to get help for free. So I am here today with Betty Martin. She went from a successful 30-year career as a chiropractor, raised three kids, and established a wellness center to becoming a somatic sex educator, a certified surrogate partner, and an author. Did that summarize you up okay? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Hard to fit people into a sentence or two. And yours is pretty yeah. interesting. That's it's that's pretty well, yeah. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to keep this as an interview, but I, it might be somewhat of a help, uh, self-help session for me as well. I'm not really sure where it's, <laughs> where it's going to end up. That's fair enough. So yeah. you're, you're just outside of Seattle right now? I'm just outside Seattle. Okay. Yeah. Is that where you're originally from? No, I'm originally from, well, I was an Air Force kid, so kind of all over, but mostly New Mexico. Oh, wow. Okay. What brought you to Seattle? Why'd you end up there? Oh, golly. My then husband, uh, we had three kids, little kids, and he was working at Los Alamos National Laboratory. And it became morally ambiguous for him to be designing prototypes for nuclear warheads. And he uh, moved up here. We, we moved up here so he could work at the um, uh, Environmental Protection Agency, which he felt better about. He totally flipped yeah. the script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always wondered yeah. about that. I bet you a lot of people wonder about that. People who work on weapons of mass destruction and how they how they feel about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a really good question. I'm sure it's a wide range and. Uh, you know, reading the stories of the people who worked on the Manhattan Project, which also was at Los Alamos and developing the uh, atomic bomb. Um, they have some very interesting stories and different views on the, all that work. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you, you, so you grew up and you decided to be, you went into chiropractor. So, yes, I, I um, in my early 20s, I was working for a chiropractor as a receptionist in uh, South Carolina. And um, my, this was my, uh, my first husband, <laughs> my then husband um, decided he wanted to go to chiropractic school because we were exposed to us. And, and he said, yeah, he wanted to go to chiropractic school. And I thought, well, you know, I'm not going to just follow him. So I didn't think about going. And then the chiropractor we worked for, which was actually a husband and wife team, they set me down and said, okay, Betty, what are you going to do if Jess gets hit by a truck? Wait tables again? I said, you're right. I'm going to chiropractic school too. So we, we went together. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I loved it. I just loved it. It it uh, it was at that time there were only a few. There was maybe ten or fifteen percent of women in the class. And um, but by the time I graduated, the class was like thirty percent women. Um, and it's a it's a, it's a very fun uh, career 
profession because you had your hands on people, you're working. I mean, if you like people, it is. You don't like people, I don't recommend it. Um, <laughs> you have your hands on people, you're talking about to with people about their lives and people are getting well. I mean, like people get well all the time, all day long. So that's really fun. And I did that for about 30 years uh, and uh, a couple of different places, but I ended up um, outside Seattle um, in a little town called Bashan. And, that's a uh, that's a very long lasting career. Yeah, yeah, it was really great. And it helped me, uh, it, it gave me a decent income so I could also raise my kids. Uh, yeah, it was great. Most people would, morning, oh, I woke up and I looked at the ceiling and well, I had founded this wellness center um, and bought an old house on the main drag and fixed it up and put parking and, you know, fixed all up. Nice. And then one morning I woke up and I said, oh, I'm done with chiropractic. I said, okay, well then what's next? I had no idea. But it, and it took me, you know, a couple of years to actually extricate myself and sell the practice and stuff. But gotcha. So then, then how did you find your way to this, uh, being a sex coach? Yeah. Well, that had, <laughs> that had been going on while I was still a chiropractor. In my mid forties, I went to a women's sexuality workshop by the body electric school. What is, what exactly is that? What does that entail? The, this, I mean, there's lots of different kinds of workshops, mm -hmm. but this particular workshop, some of them are more hands-on than others. Some of them are talking. Some of them are, there's a lot of movement usually in breath and kind of getting acquainted with our bodies, our expressive ability in our bodies. That uh, tends to be a theme. And this particular one um, included some massage where we were on the table taking turns massaging each other um, and it included sexual massage and it was very carefully guided it happened over two or three days and i mean it probably sounds outrageous to a lot of people but it was a very natural and easy progression and the interesting thing was it's not really about sex at all it's about what if you think of sex as the thing that happens between two people, two or more people anyway, if you think that sex is the thing that happens between two people and something goes in some orifice somewhere um, and there's A leads to B leads to C, then, and it's about the sort of the connection between the people and, you know, in that sense, it wasn't about sex at all. It wasn't about hooking up. It wasn't about connecting with somebody the purpose of the workshop was to help the participants have an experience that's about them. So when I was on the tables dancing and moving and breathing and talking and lots of different things. But when I was on the massage table, it was all about me. And the people, the, the two women who were assisting me with their hands on me, at my, at my direction were assisting me, but the experience was all about me. It wasn't about, you know, am I hooking up with you? Am I in love with you? Am I attracted to you? Do I want to make out with you? None of that was there. It was just, 
what is my body capable of? How does my body respond? What are the feelings that come up for me as I have this internal experience of my own arousal? And for most people, sex equals couple, pair, you know, we're doing this thing together. We're hopefully paying attention to each other. Um, and we're connecting, hooking up in some way. Right. And usually when but, it, but this was not that. Usually when it comes to arousal too, it needs to be in the mind as well as oh, yeah. physical. So yeah. it's. Yeah. But, but here's an experiment. What happens if there's, well, that's really true. And that's why they say the brain is the biggest sex organ because our attitude and our mind and what's going on in our mind is very important. But what if you set that aside? So there's no particular meaning. There's no context. It's just body sensation. Then what happens? Well, it's very challenging for one thing because all of your self-doubt and confusion and shame can come up. It can also be incredibly liberating. Oh my gosh, this is what my body does when it has the chance. Holy shit, you know, because it, it, it's not because I'm not constrained by having to tend to somebody else. I'm not constrained by the nature of the relationship or whether I'm mad at you or whether you're you know, resentful of me or whatever. It's just what happens when I am completely in my body and just attending to my sensation and my arousal, what happens? Okay. Does it work for men as well? Like I just, I can't, oh, imagine, yeah. I can't yeah, imagine yeah. not having like the, yeah. you know, the fantasies in the mind yeah, yeah. while yeah. being aroused. Like it just doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They don't connect. Well, it's an, here is where it is. It's an exploration. Okay. You're exploring like what happens if I just pay attention to my sensation? Do I know how? Can I? Do I get bored? Do I get excited? Does my mind go here? Does the mind go there? Does my breathing stop? Do I get embarrassed? Do I get more turned on? Do I get like it's an ex exploration because it's like sort of like going in a door and then wow what's in this room i've never been in this room before this is really interesting room um, and yes the this the the organization that uh, offered the workshop um offered it for men only for i don't know 30 years or something and and when i took it in 90 1994 um it was the one of the first times they started offering things for women um, but they they were a men's organization for many years before offering anything for women interesting interesting yeah. um yeah it's so hard for it's me called to... the body electric school and they're still going yeah. body electric school okay sounds like it really takes uh, a, a deep meditation to get into that state to, to really keep the mind from Right. I guess you're just letting well, the mind go. I, I, well, it's different for everybody and it's different at different times. You could, you could have this type of massage for, you know, a dozen times and be different every time. But, um, but I can see you're asking, <laughs> I can see like, how does that work? <laughs> I, I, I'm really trying to get it. I really am. I'm, uh... Yeah. All I can say is it's an experiment. 
And I don't recommend doing it with your partner when, and, you know, and sort of going off in your own mind when they're there wondering where the heck you are. You know, I, I don't recommend that. <laughs> Probably tell them, you should, you should tell them yeah. that's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it does require a certain context and some clear agreements and some clear boundaries. And, you know, that is, of course, required. Okay. So after that workshop, I, a few weeks later, I took a similar one that was for men and women combined. And then I met with a few people, a few other women who had also taken those workshops. And we met together every month for years, a couple, two or three years. And we started where the workshop ended and just kept exploring. And again, it wasn't about, you know, sex, sticking something in somewhere, you know, and hooking up. It was about, okay, let's continue to explore what is what is my body capable of? What happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? And so we, it, it became kind of a spiritual path for me for a number of years. It's like, okay, the interesting thing that I noticed was that the more physical I got, meaning the more I could attend to the physicality of my sensation, the more spiritual it felt. As I look back on it, I realize, well, that's just brain function. When, when we're completely and totally focused, you know, different parts of our brain light up, different parts of our brain kind of go to sleep. But I felt that the more physical I got, the more spiritual it felt, which was kind of mind-blowing. And um, anyway, so we explored for a number of years. And then after a few years more, I realized... I would like to offer these experiences to other people. And so about that time, I was closing my chiropractic office, selling the practice. And I moved into the city, into Seattle, because I was living in a small town. I couldn't do it in a small town. So I moved into the city and I opened another studio and um, printed some flyers and things. This is before websites printed some flyers and things. And uh, I already had a network of for a lot of other connections. And so I just offered this practice then. And I, I was already a clinician. So I knew, you know, how to take a history and how to make a plan, make a treatment plan and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I was approaching it very coach, coach like, and I would help you figure out what kind of help you wanted. And I was already, uh, I had been teaching peer counseling for a number of years. So I knew how to listen to people. I was comfortable with people in various stages of undress. And, you know, so I, I could just guide people into experiences that were helpful for them. And I was staying clothed. They were mostly clothed. So that's then that's where I started the started doing the coaching. And then after Two or three years of that, I realized that for people for whom it would be useful, and if I was comfortable with them, I was interested in offering experiences that were more explicitly sexual. And meaning that they could get undressed, I could get undressed, we could explore 
more, um, just get sexier, basically. Gotcha. And how does that so, how does that tread the line with with legality? With legality, correct. It's not legal. Okay. But my kids were grown, and I wasn't worried about it. Um, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> it just didn't well, work. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, it's not legal, unfortunately. I mean, that's a whole different topic, legalizing sex work. Right. And I considered myself a sex worker, broadly defined, because sex work is pretty broadly defined. And, uh, you know, if you're dealing with human sexual arousal, you're, you're a sex worker. Okay. You, you avoided all tr trouble though, I'm guessing. I guess it never... Uh... Yeah, I did. I, I was very fortunate. And part of that was because, you know, I, I wasn't working on the street. I, I, could, I could filter my clients and say, no, we're not a good fit, you know. Right. And so I, there was a, I had a certain privilege in that regard. I had enough financial stability to say no, which I didn't feel safe. Mm -hmm. um, so I do realize that. Right. Makes sense. And so the word that we used was called a sacred intimate because it's not, it's not really an escort work because um, it's much more focused on you learning something, you deepening your spiritual experience of it. Um, it was me guiding you into an experience that's useful for you. And I imagine some people say, yeah, what's the difference, you know, and that's a fair question. Um, there's a very wide range of how people do sex work. And, you know, it's a very wide, as many different kinds of sex work as there are people who offer it. And I don't consider any kind to be any more enlightened or cooler or, you know, there's just, there's room for everybody there's room for um, different kinds of work and there's needed different, different kinds of work are needed. So, so yeah, so then I was doing sex work and in a couple of different forms. One was as a coach, I stay clothed, you stay clothed, I'm helping you with this, that and the other and helping you notice what you want and so forth. And then uh, other sessions were, were sexier. So there was a wide range and I like the range. I, I just, it's very satisfying helping people have aha moments. Just really fun. You know, I could, I could definitely tell it's, it, it, it's something you enjoy. It's something that makes you feel yeah. good. You are helping people. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with yeah. you on that. Is yeah. that a certified surrogate partner? Is that essentially? A surrogate, um, surrogate partner, that's a, a little bit different. A certified surrogate partner means that you are working with a therapist. And in the old days, in Masters and Johnson days, they would give you exercises to do. But if you didn't have a partner to do them with, then you would hire a surrogate to do the exercises with. And so a surrogate partner works in a triad with the client, the therapist, and the surrogate, and they're all three talking to each other. Um, they're not in the same room necessarily, but they're all communicating and what's going on and what is this person needing to learn and so forth. So it's kind of a medicalized version of, of a surrogate, uh, a sexual surrogate. And 
a lot of times they don't actually have sex that you might get coaching on grooming. You might get practice on going on a date. You might learn how to touch or learn how to be touched or you might learn some anatomy, you know. Okay. Um, a, a common misconception about surrogates is that they always sex and no, nah, they don't. It's not really that often. It's all, all the other stuff. And what I often say is that the most of 90% of what you need to learn about sex, you need to learn before you get your clothes off. It's how to communicate, how to notice what you want, how to notice what you don't want, how to, how to say no, how to explore your own self. You know. I noticed you talked about- That's enough. Now I'll just go back to your questions. <laughs> yeah, they're, I, I, this is all very interesting to me. And that actually led okay. me to a different question because I know you talk a lot about touch and how people don't use touch correctly or touch really at all. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you could explain that a little bit. Well, human touch is a, is a basic biological and emotional need. We're born with it. We never outgrow it. And unfortunately, in our society, the need for touch is conflated with the need for sex. So we think if we're being touched, then it's about sex and there's sex is going to happen somewhere. It's in the room, you know, but actually they're very different needs. The need for sex is not actually the need for sexual activity. It's the need to, to, for sexual expression, to be who we are as a sexual being, as opposed to who we think we're supposed to be or as opposed to somebody else's. The need for touch is physical. We just need the actual stimulus on our skin. It's also emotional because it carries, um, carries an emotional message how we're touched or not touched, it carries a message. And so one of the ways that we are affirmed in our sort of goodness, especially as infants and small children is that we get held and groped and you know, cared for. How does that lead into strengthening relationships? I'm guessing you work with couples or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, relationships are, uh, interesting <laughs> relationships vary in how much touch happens and they vary in people vary in how much touch they actually want and how much touch they're comfortable with if the other person wants more than they do and has a lot to do with feeling whether you have a choice about it well first of all actually having a choice about it and then noticing that you have a choice about it and exercising the choice that you do have. So couples really vary in how much touch they want or are interested in or enjoy. And some couples are uh, very touchy, feely and cuddly, but don't have much sex. And other couples have loads of sex, but don't have any touch outside of sex, which to me is a real tragedy. And some couples, uh, you know, don't really do much of anything at all. And, you know, so people will often come to me wanting to learn how to touch better and wanting to be happier with the touch that's happening. And that's kind of something that I specialize in. Okay. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people, you know, they, with the relationship, they really, they, they want to have somebody and just one person and, um, 
expressing the love is either through, like you said, through just touch or through just sex. And sometimes there's mm-hmm. nothing in between. And I guess yeah. that's, yeah. that's yeah. where a lot of difficulty can come in. You're also, you also developed um, a whole method called the school of consent and you have the wheel. Let's mm-hmm. hope you could go into, go into that a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So in working with all these hundreds of people, um, I, at, at one of these previous workshops, because I did a lot of those workshops, uh, over those years, we learned a game called the three minute game. And it goes like this, you take turns asking each other, what do you want me to do to you for three minutes? And what do you want to do to me for three minutes? Well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> Are you <laughs> kidding? Like, yeah, I can think of some fun things to do to you for three minutes, you know? And I can some, think of some fun things that I want you to do to me for three minutes. And when you take turns asking those questions, what you end up with is four rounds of the game. And, um, and I noticed right away that, oh, there's on two of those I'm doing, and on two of those I'm getting what I want, and two of those it's about what you want. And they don't, they, they, they cross like a, a matrix. So, Either I'm doing what you want or I'm doing what I want. And you're doing what I want or you're doing what you want. And so that keep, that creates four quadrants. So I kept noticing that as I was teaching people. And, and I, then I changed the questions slightly because I wasn't teaching power dynamics. I was teaching touch. So I changed it to how do you want me to touch you? For three minutes and how do you want to touch me for three minutes and then of course you expand the time you know how do you want me to touch you for 10 minutes 20 minutes an hour whatever um but what i noticed was people very often had a hard time noticing the difference between touching me the way i wanted and touching me the way they wanted and uh, it's, it's a quite a different and it's a very important difference. And so the wheel of consent is about that difference. It's about the fact if I'm touching you, is it for me or for you? And what's the difference and why does it matter? And what is there to learn in each of those different dynamics? Can you give me a for instance? Um, yeah, if I have my hand on your head, for example, mm-hmm. am I am I doing the way you want me to do it, or am I just feeling up your head and your hair and you know for my own enjoyment? And each of those is going to feel different to you, mm-hmm. and each of those is going to feel different to me. What was surprising is how difficult it is for most people to touch someone else for their own enjoyment because it brings up shame and doubt and confusion and like, I don't know, what are you talking about? I can't figure this out. And it turned out that that was really the hardest for most people. But when it clicks for you, when you do it, it's incredibly liberating. Got you. Interesting. I would think one of the hardest things would be to to ask for precisely what you want. Exactly. That's also very difficult for most people. 
Yeah, I think that. Yeah. Yeah. Not from personal experience, but I can see that coming from. Yeah, yeah no, not, not from this. I'm asking for somebody I know. Exactly. My, my best yeah. friend called me beforehand. He had all these questions. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's difficult to ask for what you want. Of course it is. So what's your advice to, to couples that need to learn how to do that better? Play the three minute game. Yeah. And they're, they're, it's on YouTube. You can look it up three minute game. And it's also on my website. Um, and the important thing is that you can say no, or you can say, yeah, you can do that, but only to hear, or yeah, you can do that, but no reaching, or, you know, you set a limit because the important part of being able to give a gift, whether I'm giving you my action, doing what you've asked me to do, or I'm giving you my body or some part of it. Are, is there any, is there touch therapy that is completely non-sexual? Yes, there is actually. Um, there's, there's a movement in recent years for cuddling. And, uh, I'm part of an organization called Cuddle Party, which we host events in our living rooms where over the rules and create some safety and then you get to cuddle. It's completely non-sexual. It's clothed, people in pajamas, they got teddy bears, you know, and it's an opportunity to notice that you can have your touch needs met without it being sex. And then there are also now people offering cuddle sessions, cuddlist. Uh, com is one, and there are other ones, Cuddle Sanctuary is another one, um, where you can have a session with somebody. And again, it's not sexy. It's clothed. Um, it's not in a bedroom. You know, it's on the floor, or on the couch, and you can get a foot rub or you get held. And it's very, very rich experience. Um, it, it's funny. Sometimes people find it more difficult, more emotionally challenging to have touch that isn't about sex because it just kind of touch, it, it kind of affects us in a different way than touch that is about sex. Uh, have you dealt with people that have a lot of uh, insecurities with their body or like that prevents them from being able to oh, yeah. let go? How, oh, yeah. how have you helped them or what's the advice you can give Absolutely. there? Well, first of all, that applies to pretty much everybody. So don't think that there's something wrong with you if you have doubts about your body. Of course you yeah. do, because you've, you know, we're surrounded by these images of glowing bodies, you know, of course. And there's definitely different levels. You definitely see yeah. different levels in people. Some people are oh, here, yeah. here, like it's, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is that we all are, we're attracted to different kinds of bodies. And you know what? I'm attracted to you for who you are, not because, you know, you've got abs or whatever kind of nonsense, you know. I mean, I realize that varies. You know, we all have our limits of what we're interested, who we're interested cuddling with and who we're not. And body is sometimes part of it, sometimes body is not part of it. But what I would suggest and what I would, how I would work with somebody is help them learn to notice what their body feels like from the inside instead of what they think it looks like from the outside. So as you become uh, 
as you experience pleasure with your body, and we would do this probably mostly through touch, as you experience your body as the source of pleasure, you suddenly have a different relationship to it. It's like, wow, this body can really feel good. Then it, 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 it's less and less important what it looks like because you know what it feels like. Okay. Uh, I know you had a funny story about your first time, uh, your first workshop that you were in. So I'd love to hear that before we go. Uh, well, I think the, the, um, <laughs> this is, this has happened when I was on the massage table. So it was the third day in and, you know, and, and, um, I'm lying there on the massage table naked, of course, and these two other women are serving me and, and at one point, it, and I was beginning to notice that this is not about being a couple. This is about me. What's my experience? And I, I sat up, I was laying on my back, and I sat up, and I looked at them both, and I said, I don't have to pick up your socks, do I? And they said, no, you don't. And I just said, yay! <laughs> and laid back down and enjoyed my massage <laughs> and something just clicked of like oh i don't have to give anything back i don't owe anybody anything this is just about me <laughs> that's not so freeing <laughs> it, was, it was completely liberating yeah yeah well, there's definitely something that i completely respect about you and how you're able to live so free with it and really enjoy part of who we are <laughs> and i think something that we're supposed to be able to enjoy so um yeah, yeah that, it, that's awesome yeah. it was a it was a complete turnaround in my life and i i you know i was in my mid-40s before i even kind of woke up to this whole aspect of life um so you know there's hope for you those people who are thinking about changes <laughs> <laughs> where, where do you recommend somebody go that that just wanted to explore uh tread tread water with it and not not dive all the way in um well the my organization now is called school of consent you can go to schoolofconsent.org and we offer workshops and we also post other people's workshops there's really a lot happening uh in sexuality uh sexuality work and workshops and explorations nowadays. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I, I, this was a lot of fun. This was very interesting. Um, so thank you. This, is, this has been Second Scene with me, Michael. Thank you, Betty. You can get more You're information. You're so welcome. It's fun to talk to you. It's been so much fun. You can get more information at bettymartin.org uh, as well as schoolofconsent.org. And then if you need more no-nonsense advice or free resume help, free mental health assistance, and so much more, there's no catch. It's completely confidential and completely free at dweebsglobal.org. So check that out. Thanks.